48 hours, Sir John Kerwin. Ooh. 48 hours, and the All Blacks will take on Ireland at Sky Stadium. Sky Stadium, let's get that right, in Wellington. Weather forecast is good. I've looked deep. I've looked deep into what it's going to be. It looks as though it's going to be settled. It's going to be dry, which means both the Irish and the All Blacks have an opportunity to seal a series. Heaven forbid we get a draw. Both teams are out now. Both teams have come out on a Thursday. They've picked their sides. Ireland, as expected, very little change. Enforced change in the midfield. But the All Blacks have made a number of changes. There's been a lot of discussion since the last Test match down in Dunedin about what this All Black team needs to do. First and foremost, when you look at the squad that Ian Foster has selected, Grant Fox and John Plumtree, the other selectors in the, in the trio, this is the team they've decided is going to get the job done. What did you think of the, the announcement this morning? And what did you like the look of of this team? Well, do you think there's a lot of changes? That's oh, massive, really. Well, really? Well, I mean, you think about it. We haven't seen David Harvey. We haven't seen Will Jordan bar for 15 minutes. If you think about, we're now starting with Nepo Lalata at tight head prop in this test match. Dane Coles comes onto the bench. Roger Tuavasa-Shek has played yeah, zero ghost minutes. Ghost <laughs> played zero minutes of international rugby. How good. Well, well... Akira Ioane hasn't featured in this series to date. He's I not think getting the ball, mate. He's not getting the ball. There's massive change in the All Blacks going into this test match. Considering what's on the line, how confident are you that this group, this 23, are going to go in and get the job done? Well, I'm going to throw a question right back at you. Is Scott Barrett now a number one pick at six? Clearly. Clearly he's the number one pick at or six. Or are we just saying... We need to be bigger, more physical, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I think that's uh, – I thought that was harsh on Dalton. I don't think that's harsh on Dalton at all. I think what I'm really interested in is the fact that – I think it's that harsh I... on him because he's, he's an informed player that I thought might make the squad, but you're probably not going to make it in the squad for the captain, right? Well – Look, I've spoke to a number of people since the team has come out and I've looked at this group of players and I've gone to myself, what are some of the critical selections? And bottom line, you get the sense that this was the starting 15 they would have played for the first game. I look at this back line, I think this is the starting 15, had everyone been fit, available and healthy, that they would have played for the first game. Then circumstances have led them down this path where they're looking at where they can get the impact they need off their bench. Akira Iwani and Dalton Papali'i are the preferred options at impact off the bench, which tells me one thing. You're going to change six and seven. You're going to change six and seven at some point in the game, right? That's the way you read it. Oh, so totally the way I read it, right? So, so what does that mean for Sam Kane? Sam Kane gets subbed. Sam, Sam Kane is under pressure, I believe. And Sam Kane is under pressure because I don't think he's had the consistency of playing the game for the for a little while. I mean, is he good enough? Yes. You know, is he an amazing player? Yes. Is he informed? No. Um, you know, and I think I, I think one of the things that is interesting is the retention of the ball 
So if we, let, let's, let's put selection aside because, you know, often when you're selecting a football team, you've got to go, I need to select it for the way I want to play, you know? And I think the biggest thing that no one's spoken about, I mean, everyone's speaking about Ian Foster all week, but the reality is our kicking game needs to really improve. Now, when I say kicking game, you can't give them the ball. So what does that mean, right? We've got to win the possession stakes, the position stakes, right, and the impact. If we do that, we've got a chance. But for two tests in a row, they have totally hung on to the ball Bar 15 minutes in the first test. So I reckon it's a coaching tactical duel, right? So So so, these tactical changes then that you're talking about, one of the impacts you can have on that is by selection. Yep. So let me talk about, let me start at the end of my theory, right? And it's only a theory. Our, Our impact is not good enough for the for the Irish impact at the moment. I think they're, they're conservative, right? But that gives them really good ball, you know, they don't take extended risks with their ball taking, you know, ball passing. They don't do out the back door much. They have some set moves. And the more I've studied them, you know, some of those switchback moves are set moves. So everyone knows what they need to do. But they just really, one ball carrier, very low body positions, two clean outs, Hang on to the ball and just wear, and then just try and win the you know the contact and try and win the advantage line. So if you think about that, then you go, okay, Scott Barrett is in there because we were way more physical after the first twenty minutes in the first test. Fair. Yep, absolutely fair. Then you lose Sam Whitelock, so that's I, I understand that straight away. But if you want to have a physical go at the opposition, why don't you just pick the biggest three loose forwards you can? And that's definitely a situation where you say, that's why people are asking, is Sam Kane the best open side flanker? I don't think people are doubting his courage. They aren't doubting what he's done in the All Blacks jersey before. Two years ago, he was in remarkable form. And then he's gone through an inconsistent period through injury, injury enforced, and then same thing happened in Super Rugby Pacific this year. But I think that what you're talking about right there is that, and hence I come back to, this was the team I think they wanted to play in the very first Test match. Okay, but let, let, let me just stop there. Let, 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 let me, I've really got to stop here because I had to finish my argument because I want you to comment on it. Right? Right. So, if we are thinking about being more aggressive at the breakdown, and let's not put form into it. Let's just say that, that Dalton Popolehi is playing the same as Sam Kane. Let's just say, right, why don't you just play Akira or Hoskins at eight? So you've got three big men. Let's take form out of it. Take form out of it. You know, let, let's just go Artie is the best player at the moment. I get that. But if we can't win the contact, why don't we just go big bodies? Yeah, oh, but the interesting thing for me is that you know, I think Artie has the type of aggression that's necessary. The one thing that I think across all of the selection underpinning this is they've needed and believe they needed some experience. You, you, I mean, Samasoni Tokiaho clearly, in my view, has been the form hooker, the form out-and-out hooker, the balance of what they can do, carrying the ball at scrum time, his line-out throwing's improved, 
bottom line, he's not going to feature in this test match based on experience. No. Dane no. Coles. No, he's too nice. Well, no, I don't. Well, they're putting, well, they're putting Dane Coles yeah. in to get out there and, you know, yeah. it's a little bit, of, a bit like the state of origin, mate. Yeah, but that's but that's because he knows that that's what's needed. He through experience, he knows what he needs to bring to the table, and they know that he'll guaranteed to bring it. Right. This is why I have my concerns about a couple of things. Right. I don't know, and I can't be guaranteed about what Akira Iwani was going to bring to the table. I can't guarantee, and and I can only imagine what Roger Tuivasa Sheik is going to be feeling going into this. Impact. I know he's a professional, competitor, all those sorts of things, but. He's never played Impact. in a test match. Impact, mate. Impact. Never, and I'm talking about experience. I'm not talking about ability. I'm talking he's about experience. He's not there experience. for his experience. He's only there. Those well, two guys are impact. So you're saying to me, your bottom line, if the game is on the line and we're desperate, we're the desperate. Game, the game you know, will be on the line. So he doesn't. So does he get to play? The game will be on the line. They'll put him on because we, we are not breaking down their defence. But but no no but it doesn't matter. If the game, if, what if we're leading? We've got a we've got a three point lead, and we don't need to break down their defence. What we need to do is we need to have the experience in the big moments under pressure to deliver. And there is one flaw, one flaw in this whole selection, Sir John Kerwin. Who is the backup thirteen? Your silence tells the story. Who is playing at thirteen for the All Blacks? Who's played there before? I think Harvey. <laughs> really? Yeah, he hasn't played there before. Like, this is, this is to me, I've looked at this and I keep going, you know what? When you look at your uh, things that might eventuate in the game and you think, okay, if we lose a winger, what does that mean in terms of a reshuffle? If we lose a winger, then clearly Rico would have to move out. Yeah. Right? So that means we immediately, we're actually three, there's three injury possibilities where David Harvelli ends up at centre. Both wingers and a fullback, sorry, and at centre, and then we have to reshuffle our back line to put one player in one position. Yeah. I think this is this is a concern for me, is the fact this is a risk right from the very, very start. The other side of it too is, if I'm looking at guys who have played in big games, Falau Fakatava hasn't got a body of work behind him. Yeah. And me, a Finlay Christie. I just look at this and I go, you know what? This is... The 15 is entirely safe. Can I tell you? I, can I tell you one thing? And I and I think um, Fakatava came on on the weekend, and he was really shy for the first 10 minutes. But then what he did, he bought what I think we are not using. We're not using our nine as an attacking weapon, right? The Irish are, and and when Fakatava came on, he wasn't doing that. But then when he started running. When he started running to the second defender, started putting guys through his little holes, I think our attack needs a lot of work. And I think that Fakatava is picked for that, and we've got to get him on this. But he's got to get on, and he's got to run. He's got to run. He's got to get in. He's got to do short passes. The, the Irish la- launched their attack off Gibson Park and Sexton, right? We're not doing that. We've got the best passer in the world, but we're not doing that. And I think that both Aaron Smith and Fakataba need to start being part of our attack plan. And it makes perfect sense. But you don't I'm agree. Still, I, I'm, still, I'm still coming to the back. When you, when, you say, when you say it makes perfect sense, it means that it does, but you don't that, agree. No, 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 no. I think it does make perfect sense. But I don't think that's where this game is going to be won or lost. 
I, you know, I look at it and I, I sit there and I go, what, what is it that hurt us on the weekend, this previous weekend? And clearly the cards and ill-discipline hurt us, right? But bottom line, they've made this starting selection and I go, right, what's this, what type of game am I expecting in Wellington? And I'm expecting a, a, a game where Ireland will actually come in with all sorts of confidence because the other team... They that, think they got think, our number, right? Well, but also, uh, how much pressure are they under? Because they've already created history. How much pressure are they on to, under now to go out and finish the job? Or do they come in and go, you know what? Not that they, they have got our number, actually. You make the point. Three of the last four times they've beaten us, right? So they have got our number in terms of knowing how to put us under pressure. I was laughed, so at, when going, I was laughed at when I said we're the underdog, but... Yes, and and you should bring that up. And in some ways, I'm almost at the point where I believe that now. I refuse to believe it before because I, I, I look at us playing at home and I maybe – and that's why I don't want to jump to too many conclusions because when you play with that long without 15 on 15, it's going to take an effect and have an impact on it. So what we have done is we've seen that if we aren't able to play our game, which is to your 13, point about what you'd like to see. 13 at one stage, weren't we? Yeah, 13 at one stage. So you can't say it was a fair contest because in the end, you are always going to find it difficult to break down a defence which has one greater man, which actually defence is really, really good anyway. But I'm thinking about, in my mind, how are we going to win this test match with the selection we've put together? To your point, how do we put them under pressure from halfback? But if we can't scrum, we can't do that properly, if we can't hold on to the, we can't hold on to the ball, which is our accuracy at the breakdown. If we can't take care of our own kicks that we're receiving because we didn't catch one, so we either gave it back to them, or we knocked it on and, and, and they had a set piece. If we can't control those parts of the game, which are pretty much all starter plays, and to your point, the kicking game to me is when we kicked, they just ran back and kicked it high, and then we made an error, right? So when you say our kicking game, what is it about our kicking game? And you say you you want to win position and position, right? Yeah. How do you get better position? How do you get better position on the field? What what I'd be doing more, I believe we need um, to get back to some of our short kicking game early. So you're cross kicking, competing, you know, your kick pass. Uh, in behind them, bring their fullback forward a wee bit. But then I'd be se- I'd be getting a bit wider, a bit quicker. So even even a good old fashioned miss two or whatever, and just get uh, Rico charging it over the advantage line, midfield, two options. That's where I think Geordie needs to come up on one side. Bowden needs to be on the other, and we need to split them and not kick it out. Kick it into the five meter channel in their twenty two. Great kick chase. Make them kick it out. And we need to camp down there. We, you remember last weekend, you and I are sitting at the end of the football field in Dunedin because that's where the that's where we set up with Sky. We never saw the game. It was down our half like once, right, in both halves. Um, so you know what what we need to do is have a really smart kicking game because they have the majority of the possession, right. And when we're put under pressure, when we're trying to run it, we're running, trying to run it from outside our Bloody half, inside our half. So I think we need to have a smart tactical kicking game. And that yeah, will but, then... But you, win, that, you don't win position, hold on, you don't win position with a short kicking game. Like, 
you can you can regain position. So what I'm trying to do with that is manipulate manipulate the backfield to put them into a different situation so that so for example a couple of short kicks competitive kicks onto Will Jordan um, you know and, and and trying to recover the ball break them up a wee bit then set midfield split there you know the wingers have to come forward because they're used to the short kicks then you've got your fullback isolated you've got two kicking options kick down into the five meter make them run across the field make them kick it out under pressure those things you know early and then you're in their half and you're attacking hard you know you've got the ball back we're our 28s we're not competing for um and our, our kicking game is giving them time to kick it back down our down our five meter channel then they're chasing we're kicking it out inside our 22. We're losing the kicking. Well, I, think it's, I, I read it differently from the weekend. Is the fact we kick it long, they'd bring it back and put it in the air and contest better than we would contest. You know, I, I, I genuinely believe that they've done what South Africa have done for us for years. England, to a lesser extent, was the fact that you win the battle in the air, and you've said this previously, you win the battle in the air at kickoff time. You win the battle in the air in the lineout. You win the battle of the, of the ball that's going high. To me, that's how you control in position. Soccer, they call it, those are... in, in, in soccer football, they call it the 50-50. We're not winning the 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and, if we're not winning that, the 50-50s, what do you do? Just say, so get better? Selection, does it, well, here's the thing. Does this selection change us winning the 50-50s? Does our line-out get significantly better? Does our ability to kick, um, receive... Get better with Will Jordan coming onto the wing. Well, you got to you got to say that that long kicking game with David Harvey. Does it get better? You know, and clearly because Quintupaya is not a kicking option, right? But I just look at all of these things and you're going, okay, we're going to well ask. We can't ask. Quintupaya's not there, so it's now going to fall on Rico Yuani to get us over the advantage line, right? It's not Severi Reese because Lester Fanganuku is now been relegated to the stands. So that ability to use one of our power wingers off the wing to carry and get us some momentum. Will Jordan's not going I thought, to do that. I thought I'm Caleb just... might have made it. Well, I mean, this is, this is the thing. That's why I come into this picture about I, I want to know how how we expect to win this game, you know, and, and how does our attack generate points? And... Clearly, this is a different island team than we saw in the first test. But in saying that, in the first test, they spent about 11 minutes in our 22. I mean, and desperation on defence was the only thing that saved oh, us. Oh, we were awesome on defence last week, mate. Yeah, but... but Got yeah. No, nothing wrong, with, well, nothing wrong with our defence. What I'm saying to you is that our attack plan, in general, needs to improve tenfold. So I'm not even worried about selection because... If you haven't done, if you haven't, if you haven't picked your team around your tactical game, you're going to lose. That's why. That's why I challenged challenged your thoughts earlier because I'm going okay. Scott Barrett at six. If you're worried about bashing people up, then you just go well. Okay, I'm not going to actually pick on form. I'm going to go. <laughs> I need the biggest football team possible. Or you know, I'm not. Let's yeah. not put players in this. All I'm saying is that I would like to think that our Tactical. So we lost because of our kicking game. We lost because they had field position. We lost because of our discipline. I would be hoping that you yeah. go away and go. I'm picking the football team around that. You know, if I had have seen Geordie Barrett yeah. on the wing and Will Jordan at fullback, I'd go. Okay, I get that because Sebu Reese is not winning the fifty fifties in the air because he's too small. For example, that might be unfair, but you yeah, know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, but 
I'm, yeah, so, I'm so, hoping they've picked the so, team around what they're, what they're saying. And they say, OK, the scrum's not going well. And Offer, you know how much I love Offer, but he's been too inconsistent. So, so if I ask you this then, JK, so, and we've been down this path before, are we selecting a team to stop Ireland? Or are we selecting a team to play all-black rugby? OK, I will, answer, I will ask you a question back because I got asked this today. And I'll give you my answer at the end. What style of play does the current All Black team play? Well, we're not a, we're not able, and they don't have the ability to probably play to our strengths. So, what style does it play? Bottom line, we play a game which is quite lateral, which is certainly not very very direct. It's certainly a game that's been tried to be played on the edges. And we've certainly tried to play it by winning with a long kicking game versus winning with a short kicking game. But I look at it and go, if I was to look at our style, it's about trying to get to the edges using a long passing game and carrying strongly one-on-one. That's really interesting. That is how I see it playing. That's really interesting because uh, I couldn't answer the person, to be fair. Right, I couldn't identify. Whereas they said to me, "Okay, when we last, when we last won the last World Cup, what sort of game plan did we have?" And I said, "We had an outstanding kicking game. We would um, have a fantastic defensive pattern and wait for a turnover and then punish you, right? Yep. Um, and when a worst case scenario got to worst case scenario, we'd go back to the old Canterbury pick and go, so we could take you on up front, yep. right?" I haven't seen yeah. any clear things where I go, this is how the All Blacks play. Yeah. 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 You know, I think the first test we saw some changes, which we all really loved, which was the, the difference in, uh, in, a, in, in, in our pod game, you know, because I think our, pod, our attack and pod game got predictable. I just thought it was an interesting question because it made me think, because I just went back and thought, well, there's nothing obvious at the moment for me <laughs> besides what we've seen yeah. in the past. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to like you say, that we saw some subtleties in that first test match, but then we were reduced because of our inability to keep full 15 on the field. Yeah, play. I agree. And that, that changes, yeah. I mean, that changes your structure. Yeah. But if I was to ask you on the flip side, what is it that Ireland do really, really well? They play a really conservative ball retention game. They have an amazing kick-chase game. And their defence is incredibly good at rushing because they will slow you down and beat you up at ruck. That's how I'd explain them. Yep. And, and incredibly and, and frustrating to play because yep. of those and reasons. I think if, yeah, but if you think about their attack, they're really accurate because of the nature of their short passing game. Yes. They use the blind side really cleverly. Yep. And so I look at that, and, and, and once again, it's a short passing game. And to your point, their clean-out work and their support play work is unbelievable. Second, second it's, it's unbelievable, right? So, so and and it even reminded me of a th- it's a, a bit of a throwback to, you know, when Australia in the late nineties and the Brumbies had their big period of play, where they just they could put you under so much pressure for long periods of time, where if you weren't disciplined and you made errors or if you missed tackles, and they would punish you because even when they made a line break, their accuracy was incredible, you know, and they'd get back into their structures. So I look at all of this, and, and like you're saying, and I, and I look at the selection of 
of their group. And I go, Ireland have made no changes bar one through forced injury in the midfield. Bundy Aki comes in there, right? Other than that, this is the same team that from week one to week two had learned a lot, but then understood that. And I think worried? they accept the fact they still... Are you worried? Oh, of course I'm worried. Absolutely. What are you worried about? Why am I worried? Um, I'm worried about right now. I'm worried about one our game plan, and two our our individual abilities to perform under what pressure. Happened? Our actual, in some ways, our mental toughness going into a big. What game. happens if we lose? Because we're showing a fragility that I don't think we've had for a long, I agree. long time. What happens if we lose? What happens if we lose? Well, we all take a very, very deep breath, a very deep breath, and then we have to, for me, and I've already done this to a point of going, where, where, where does our talent level sit right now compared to the rest of the world? And go, what should our expectations really be? Now, at home, I don't expect us to lose. That's, that's just a, you know, we, we should have everything in our favour. But I would then have to ask and question, depending on how, this performance goes, because you always talked about combinations, right? This combination has now played together in 2022. Trained together probably a little bit before COVID hit for the first test match, and then guys disbanded and they've come out. If I look at our group, and I think to myself, and I asked Justin Marshall on Tuesday, who I did a podcast with as well, I asked him on Tuesday, does he believe we've got the ability to go out there and beat anybody, and particularly to beat Ireland? He said, absolutely, it's there. At the moment, we've actually just lost our mojo. You know, and people go, oh, that's a bit vague. I said, well, not really, because you can tell we've lost our confidence. It's the fact that we are making uncharacteristic errors under pressure. That's my concern right now, JK. It's actually not our ability, but it's our, our ability under what pressure. What gives you confidence? To... What gives us confidence? Well, the bottom line, I'll tell you what, it will be our ability and our set piece first and foremost, and us to be able to secure the fundamentals of the game. So here's see, the thing. I, I, I disagree, I, I, look at I disagree, and I disagree with you because... No, I, I get set piece set, really set catch piece, the high yeah, okay. But I, I actually, but, I think but, confidence comes from a really good tactical game plan that you execute at training, and then you execute it in the game, and it comes off. See, so, I'm of the... That's great in terms of building a confidence on attack. I look at it from a point of view, though, the things that put you under pressure, which erode your confidence, which is if your set piece gets under pressure and you concede penalties. Because penalties are a killer against a team that's really, really good at holding onto the ball. And so I come back and go, what I know is, say, when I play South Africa, scrum, line-out defence, the ability to defuse the high ball will enable us to play our game because we're not under... The opposition hasn't put us under pressure in an area they can. So that enables us to do what you're talking about is it enables and forces them to give us the ball, forces them to turn it over. We can play some unstructured play or we can play in the right parts of the field. At the moment, we're the team making errors. We're the team giving away penalties. And that to me, and even in Auckland, we did the same thing, right? Even in Auckland, scoreboard looks great. But that to me is what I, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
for for what for the other fifty five or sixty five, you're going Islander are a really really smart outfit, and we've seen that. So that's that to me is the is the 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 challenge we have is that I've got to trust that when they put a kick up, I think we're going to catch it. When there's a scrum, I go there's not going to be a scrum penalty. When there's a kick to a line-out, and a line-out D's been really good this year in terms of on the ground, teams haven't been able to put us under pressure there. But bottom line, to your point, we've had very little impact on the breakdown. We've had very little impact of disrupting their ball. I can't remember the last time I saw us steal one, like go in and get two hands on it and lift it. So to me, I'm looking at it going, yeah, all those other things like you talk about, they give you confidence, great game plan, execution, all those things. What was that shit about Artie Sabir? I haven't read anything in the last few days. I've been really busy. So the referees made a mistake. Yeah, yeah they got that wrong. Oh, excellent. They got that excellent. wrong. Excellent. Yeah. But, but you know, that, that was a – they were adamant on the day they had it right. They got it wrong. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think it's saving grace, JK. And, you know, if you'd, you'd asked most Kiwis in 2008, 2009 – how they'd feel about Wayne Barnes being the referee for a big test match, they go, oh, dear, I'm grateful he's the referee. Totally. Totally. Been the, been the he's best. Man, right? He's been the best referee in the world for a long time. And that's because he is yeah, his own man. You know? Yako was disappointing for me on the weekend because normally Yako is his own man too, but the rest of his uh, refereeing staff sort of dominated him a wee bit. Whereas normally he would have sorted them out, so I don't know I what's going on there. I've heard a whisper. Voices of the corridor. Bad luck. Bad luck. I've heard that world rugby across the board, across all of the games this weekend, have almost given the referees a a an opportunity to use their own common sense. This oh. Well, the trouble is with world rugby is they need to stop being so reactive because it's wrecking our game. What are they doing? People are turning off the football game. How can you give Angus Ta'avao three weeks? Someone headbutts the week before. Like, what are we doing? Stop being reactive. Start being creative and flexible in what you do. I've said this for 100 years. Let the referees referee what they want. You've made too many rules for them, so make them the people they are. I mean, did you see State of Origin? Oh. That's just like, oh, thank God. We've actually got someone in there that's like looking at the game, taking his time. I mean, he didn't. And, and the, the TMOs go, yep, nah, knock on, gone, boom. It took 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, yep. we're in. Like we're, think- we're, I don't know what's going on and who's in charge of it with World Rugby. But someone has to take responsibility. We need to start saying, okay, who is in charge here? What's his name? What's he doing? Because you know who cops it? Yako Piper. Yeah. You know who cops it? The TMO. When they're probably just following orders. And those well, orders are wrong. Committee. Yeah, and, and I think this is one of those horrible situations when it's it's done by committee, right? You get a whole lot of people in a room, you know, who've got all these different points of view, um, and they're, they're thinking to themselves, okay, what's the right punishment for this? What's the right punishment for that? How do we get, do we get to that point? But all I've heard, like I say, is, is that they've been told, and I think they've recognised that we have, in the Southern Hemisphere, we have four series that are going to be decided. And the worst-case scenario is if it's decided by 
For example, a player trying to catch the ball in an intercept, but he doesn't quite catch it, and it's deemed a deliberate knock-on. And you go, that's a yellow card. Well, hold on. How could that yellow card be the same as a guy deliberately yeah, but, down? Or, but Goldie, but the but, thing is, is that, but it's a, it's common that a common sense of rugby players. The rules aren't rugby common players. sense, mate. The rules aren't yeah. common sense. So but, we either go interpretation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And let the referee interpret, and we go with that, like like our mate did in the in the in the super final. Yeah. Ben O'Keefe. Ben O'Keefe. Ben O'Keefe was our best referee. Then they tried to turn him into something that he wasn't. And this year he's been back to being confident and say, I'm going to ref. That's why I was disappointed in Jakob. Because normally he was, well, he's maybe, maybe he's under pressure because he's getting too old and needs to go to the World Cup. So he's stuck to well, worry about his selection. Yeah, but I think a lot of the time, like you say, if you're the man in the middle and it's constant, right? And the conversation, the information, information keeps coming in. And and like you say, it's uh, I don't want to be the guy that doesn't follow the laws of the game. But what just I'm saying, I just I'm interested and fascinated to see how these four games play out in terms of what they determine as a as a normal rugby play. You cannot no. do that though, mate. You cannot do that. As a world body, that's like saying in New Zealand, uh, the speeding law is eighty, right? And we've made it eighty, but hey, if you're going hundred, we'll we'll just see whether you're in a hurry or not. Well, no, but 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 bunch of you can't I, do I it. It's, it's, I, I agree with that. I agree with you. They should do it, and I hope it does work out. But it will be a disaster because what will well, happen? We'll you know, is, is well. I hope it's not. It, we, we but then Eddie Jones also needs to just keep quiet. All right, because he, well, no, he didn't no, want the twenty-minute card in. He didn't want the twenty-minute yeah. red card in, and now he's saying too many red cards. Yes. So, so, exactly. so all of us on the fringe of the game, if we want to do that, we have to shut up and not criticise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by the same token, we've seen someone who's been given that, who, well, no, actually took it on themselves in Ben O'Keefe and did it with with great intelligence, with great balance and great understanding, right? The question that will always be is the fact that people may not have that same understanding and appreciation of the game and re- be able to recognise and take ownership of that. But let's just see how that plays out. We'll, we'll probably talk about it on Sunday night when we get together on the breakdown. And this is this is a, a remarkable weekend of rugby, though, Jake. This could change. About- this could change the course of the history of our game forever. Because I think that if, and I'm not going to comment on this, just like you know, I comment on Eddie Jones because I love Eddie Jones because he'll have a comment. I disagree with some of the things he says. But I think if we lose this week, Ian Foster is under pressure, right? And I'm not going to comment on what should happen and what shouldn't happen, but we could see a different game. You know, we have financial pressure. We've got new sponsors who are brought into a a 90% winning record, the best team in the world. We're now fourth. You know, in between World Cups, we've always been number one and then lost the World Cup up until, you know, up until 11 and 15. And I just think professionalism is coming at us fast and we're not coping. You know, um, the red cards, the play, you know, people are not happy around the country. I've just travelled around the country in a motor car, right? And people are not happy with our game. I'm out there amongst the public and, you know, we're at a real crossroads. So if we lose this week, man, it's going to be a hell of a lot. It's going to be very, very hard to recover for Bledisloe, for when other teams have been through their hard times and they're starting to come good. Australia, 
South Africa don't know what's going to happen there. Don't you know? Don't have a read on it. But teams are getting way, way better, and I just think this is a huge game for Ian Foster for All Black Rugby for the direction of our game for for World Rugby and their decision making because they're so reactive that they haven't got the rules and interpretations right. They've gone too far down the safety path and they've messed up the game. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be safe, but like you say, common sense. So for me, it's the biggest game, the biggest game since the World Cup final. And this is why I think it's the biggest weekend across the board. Totally. Because of, because of like you say, some controversies in Australia, which Eddie Jones commented on and it wasn't, and he won. Right, you know, South Africa once again they're not used to losing at home. You got Argentina playing against Scotland. You go, what's the what's the relevance of that? Well, for both of those teams, these are significantly important in terms of where they sit world rankings, but also is their game developing? You know, Georgia and Italy played last weekend. All of those sorts of things, but also for us on a personal note, is the fact that you know we're we're a country that loves our rugby, but. We love rugby because we're quite often successful. That's a big part of it so, as well. No, we've got to win. Right? We've, got to win we've got to win because that's the legacy that we've grown up with. Yeah. And I'll ask you this, the last question before we go, JK. I'm going to catch up with Jim Kays in a little bit and get his perspective on things. But when you look at it, how much responsibility falls with the players for this 80 minutes this weekend? So we've talked about Ian Foster. You've talked about, obviously, clearly, I mean, you can't you can't hide from the fact there's pressure on. You know, you can't deny no. that. So we're not saying something that that's not already out there. But in regards to, and you've played in massive test matches when series have been on the line, how much responsibility does it fall with in terms of the players to go out there and perform at an intensity level, an intensity level, an execution level? How much of this actually falls with them? This weekend? I think the implementation and the understanding of tactics and how you want to break down an opposition is created and formed by the coaching staff and then agreed upon by the senior leaders. Right? And I think that the predictability of your attack, right? Um, comes down to coaching staff and senior players understanding what you want to achieve. The implementation of those things is the responsibility of the players. I can remember three clear instances where the players made mistakes under pressure on the weekend. That's no one's fault. So as a combination, the tactical kicking game, I believe, is a combination of head coaches and players. So they need to execute it. So if you come off the field, the, the, the only thing that worried me when we came off the field was, you know, um, the red cards and we and, and we need to be way more aggressive. You know, we're angry. And I'm yeah, going, okay. But but so then, so then on that side of it, though, you know what it's like and you've been there with a coach and you know and I know you're relying on the players to prepare mentally. You can't right. get up for this. You shouldn't put the jersey on. So, so that's on the individual. Totally. So, I think that's really important. You know, is the fact that as a coach, though, you set the environment, right? But in a circumstances like this, this is on the individual, right? A coach's role 
is to implement the tactics and then coach the technique to do that. Scrum, line out, whatever, you know. Um, when was the last time we went to a three-man line out, five-man line out, and have our big guys attacking through the midfield? How, when was the last time you saw a five-man line out, three-man line out to attack off? When did you see some innovation? So I think that's a whole lot of combination, right? Players talking to coaches. It's a collective, right? The players' collective is an interesting one because now, you know, one of the mistakes I made as a coach is, and I got told often, that I was leading from the front of the bus instead of the back of the bus and getting the players involved in what we were doing, right? Um, yeah. You know, and I wasn't good enough as a coach and I, and I didn't win, so I didn't keep my job. That's, that's coaching, no big deal. So for, for me, you know, this is about the execution of a winning game plan against your opposition, and it's a combination. Now, on the field, if the players make mistakes, that's their fault, but the rest is a collective. You can't isolate Foster and you can't isolate the players. Now, if the players don't like what the coaching staff doing, then they've got to be senior leadership enough and they're getting you know, all the opportunities to say, this is not working, we're not happy, we need to move on. And I've done that, and you've done that probably. Um, you know. And then I think the game went through a bit more of a dictatorship and then that's back now to that combination. So it is a combined responsibility this week. You can't separate those anymore. Otherwise, why are we talking about senior leadership teams and the influence they've got and what they're doing, right? So it's 50-50, I believe. Are you nervous? You asked me the question because... I'm not nervous. I I don't know if we're good enough. It's different. And I think I tend tend to agree. And that's what I think I said last on on Sunday. So I'm scared, not nervous. I'm scared because if we get pumped on the weekend, we're not good enough and we're 12 months away from the World Cup. Now, I'm hoping, and I'm pretty sure, I'm also really hopeful that we're going to get a fantastic reaction, right? Um, But I still want to see the fundamental part of the game. I don't want us to win with a 15-minute flourish. I want us to see, I want to see an 80-minute performance around our tactical kicking game, around our technical game, around our scrum, around our line-out, around our attack plan, around our defense systems. I want to see that. Right, that's what yeah. I want to see. And I go, wow, that was a complete eighty-minute performance, and we gave it to them. If we don't see yeah. that. now, when you, like they might have, they'll have lots of possession, but our defence yeah. is strong. It's getting forward. We're bashing them over the advantage line. We're getting turnovers. We're creating errors. Right, and that to me, I think sums it up really well. Is the fact that I know we've got the ability, and I actually, if we do all those things you were talking about, and it doesn't matter to me if we win by 5, 15, 20. Two. If we do all of that, yeah. I do all of that, then I find out where this team's genuinely at because they're up against a world-class team. I agree. And that's what I think. This is what we'll find out this week is the fact that, and surely they'll know that, yeah. is that when we look at this game, we'll go, well, look, you've ended up, you know, you, you can't make any excuses on this performance. No. There's no, you know, I'm and I'm hoping there there aren't any reasons because of it, and we get a 15 on 15 for the majority of the well, game. We let's may talk see... about that on Sunday, mate, because the 15 on 15, um, I want I want uh, 10% of my money back if I'm paying for a ticket. You can't not have 80 severe on the football field. Yeah, and we, and we, need, to, and, and we need to mitigate no, it's that. it's a professional game. It's a professional game. The ticket holders should get 10% of their money back. 
I, I don't know how much you paid for your ticket this week, I, I didn't pay anything, mate. Memory serves me right. I'm pretty sure you're sitting beside me. I haven't paid anything for my Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> all right, mate. It's going to be all on. It's going to be all on on Saturday night. Wow. It's, uh, it's big game. It's weekend. a big game. I can't wait. How big? <laughs> we knew it would come down to this. All right, mate. We'll see you on Sunday. Thanks okay, for joining brother. us. Ciao.